Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four. On the outside, don't tell me again, cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past at the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59, somewhere fancy. Rockin' in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark's going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy up! Don't touch that dial. You've got another great rendition of Post Time Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, can you believe it's that time of year again? We kick off our 2019 live remote schedule tomorrow at the Raceway at Western Fair District. That's right. Tomorrow we'll be on the air at 8.30, and what a race that Camblock Classic is going to be, Mike. And uh, just taking a look at some of the quotes that have been provided so far by uh, the guys that are doing a fantastic job on social media from Western Fair. One of the biggest quotes, I think, that could be a key on how to take this race on from a handicapping point of view is the quote from Brent Holland on Ideal Jimmy, who is going to be starting from the pylons. Anybody that's going to leave against Ideal Jimmy is going to pay a pretty hefty price. That I will guarantee you. And Brent Holland pretty much said that verbatim. It's, this is going to be a fun race, Mike. And I'll tell you, with all that speed and Ideal Jimmy uh, going pedal to the metal from the pylons, this is it's going to be very entertaining, at least the first quarter of it's going to be. Well, listen, I think it's going to be a very fast race. You've got Rock and Ron from post number eight, and that actually spells a good plan for Rock and Ron from the second tier with Louis Philibois, who won this race last year. You've got Sintra to the outside, Southwind Amazon. It's going to be interesting to see what Dave Pallone does with him. Dave Pallone doesn't travel a whole heck of a lot, Mike, so he think, he's got to for sure think that he's got a shot to win this race. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, The Wall is a horse that I watched last week, last uh, Sunday here at Harris, Philadelphia, in the Commodore Barry, and he raced out of his shoes. He stung. He started from the uh, the pylons over this 5-8 mile oval. They were three wide. He strung them out that first quarter. Then he yielded. Then he came first over, and he actually had the lead at the top of the stretch before uh, Courtly Choice and Rodeo Rock finally were able to gun him down. But he just raced out of his shoes 
last Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table. And we know, Mike, Joe Bongiorno is a very aggressive driver. So this thing could get wild early, and I am so looking forward to it. And you can catch the broadcast tomorrow, 830 p.m. Eastern, right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. How you feeling, Mike? You ready to get back into remote mode? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of live remotes, Mike, we actually made a pretty big announcement yesterday. Um, it seems like we've been full of announcements the last couple of weeks. I think we did three press releases this week, which is unheard of for this show. But we are introducing a new young lady to the program. Ashley Mayu will join us beginning with the Pepsi North America Cup. She's going to cover some of our Canadian races with us. Um, she's actually going to be working with you when you go up to Canada for the Canadian Pacing Derby, Mike. And she's also going to come to the 2019 Hambletonian. It'll be her first Hambletonian. Um, she's been more of a thoroughbred kind of girl, but she's got some harness experience. Some of her family's been in the harness industry, and we're glad to have her on. Yeah, no question about it. And she's got a following, Mike. I mean, she's, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we just talked about how many uh, Twitter likes and new followers we've gotten on Twitter since adding her to the team, but we are very excited. We're very excited to add uh, Ace Barnsdale as well. So uh, it, listen, we, uh, we're so excited about this year. I mean, this is a great year and, and you know, Mike, and I hate to kind of, you know, pat ourselves on the back a little bit, but you know, the people that have back three, four years ago that have joined our team have look what they've gone on to do. I mean, that's yeah. it's kind of really cool to see that, uh, you know, to see people grow in their careers. And, you know, the fact that post time with Mike and Mike was a big part of that is it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, for sure. And to be able to land somebody like Ashley, uh, who has worked on the Preakness broadcast, she's currently the handicapper and paddock analyst at Fort Erie Racetrack. Um, that's that's big for us, uh, you know, take, trying to uh, maybe uh, not convert somebody, but to take some thoroughbred experience and bring it over to the harness racing industry and kind of cross over a little bit. Uh, we're looking forward to 2019. Um, myself, you, Garnet Barnsdale, Ace Barnsdale, Ashley Mayu. It's going to be a lot of fun and we're ready to kick things off. Yeah, no question about it. Speaking of kicking things off, we've got a pretty good show coming up today. Uh, we're going to be joined here in a few minutes by Buck Shafee. Buck Shafee is co-owner of Caviar Farms, and uh, if that sounds familiar, it's uh, because there's a lot of good Caviar horses, in particular a horse by the name of Caviar Alley. And what a show that her and Chartin put on here at Harris Philadelphia on Sunday. I, I have to tell you, you know, you know, the foiled again thing was special. A lot of great races I've had a chance to call, Mike. That one I will never forget because if you want to, you know, they always talk in sports about leave it all on the field, leave it all on the court. Those two horses right there left it all on the racetrack. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable stretch drive between Chartin and Caviar Alley, and it's a shame that there had to be a loser. Well, I got to tell you, we have never allowed ourselves to win a post time with Mike and Mike award. And I think this year for the first time, we might have to nominate your race call. Cause I'll tell you what, you did a fantastic job, but yes, you're right. What a, what a duel these two had from the, about the half mile pole on uh Charton pulled to the outside on caviar alley. And I'll tell you, Andrew McCarthy, man, he tried to put everybody to sleep a 32nd, second quarter. That was pretty impressive. That was off the wings of a 25-2 and two opening quarter, but here's what was even more impressive, Mike, the drive by Tim Tietrich. Now, I know he's sitting behind a Cadillac in Charlton, let's, you know, but, and that's, that's exactly what he'll tell you, but it takes a lot of you-know-what to pull at the half from oh, a yeah. pocket spot Especially behind a horse Tietrich. that you, yeah, the, you know that the horse, Caviar Dowell, you know she's going to take you to the lane. You know she can take you to the passing lane, okay? She's got that. It wasn't like she was going to stop. But he pulled Chartin at the half. And you know what? That ended up being a brilliant move because if Apple Bottom Jeans had to come first over and Chartin was relegated to that pocket spot until the eighth pole, she would have never made up a length on Caviar Alley in an eighth of a mile. Never in a million years would no. she have. So and, you know, and, and, that was just a and, great and, drive. And I guess I should explain what I mean by, you know, it, it's interesting that Teacher pulled at the half because he'll be the first to tell you he, he likes certain trips at Harris Philly. And, you know, that's the one thing that he's kind of gotten smart at is for a while he drove uh, the same way there. He'd come first up and those guys would kind of let him go, you know what I mean? And now, you know, he pulls at the half and thinks, you know, hey, what kind of a shot do I have here? And I can't let Caviar Alley continue to put us to sleep because if you get shuffled in, like you said, there's no way – that uh, Sharton makes up that uh, that ground, and 
No. I, I tell you what, I wish we kind of wish we could both have Andrew and Tim on today because it would be really interesting to hear what they have to say. I mean, you know, the, these guys, they compete week in and week out, and I know that they have a lot of respect and love for each other. It, it would be really cool to hear what these two kind of have to say about each other. Yeah, that was that was a heck of a drive by Tim. And speaking of Tim, you know, he's coming up on 11,000, by the way. I think he's only uh, – I think he's around 22, 23 wins away from 11,000. Time to get the sign and, ready, man. And coincidentally – so is Brian Sears. Wow. Brian Sears is not far from 11,000. So we got to, I think he's right around 20 wins as well. So uh you might have huh. to check that out on your pathway before we get to uh, before we uh before we close the show. But anyway, Buck Chafee right. is going to be joining us here in just a moment. Buck, we'll get to you in just a few seconds. We have got a quick commercial break to run. Plus on the program, we're going to be talking to trainer Blake McIntosh, Courtley Choice. Uh boy, he's going to what a race that is, the graduate <laughs> full 12 horse field at the Woodbine Mohawk. We'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, uh, Courtley Choice is coming off the win here at the Commodore Barry and what was another great race here at Harris Philadelphia this past Sunday. Ken Weingartner will be joining us. The first top 10 poll came out, and we'll talk to him a little bit about that poll. Sharton is number one. McWicked starting off at number 10. I got a feeling that won't last too long. And uh, I was surprised well, by that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Paul Holzman will be joining us. He'll be talking about his charge, Southwind Amazon, coming up in the Camla Classic. So we've got a busy show. We'll get the ball rolling with Buck Chafee next, co-owner of Caviard Farms, on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, the USTA. Back in a moment. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hay rides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, the day will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fast, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the United States Drawing Association. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And uh, Mike, speaking of our good friend Jason Beam, congratulations to him. He's going to be the voice at the uh, returning Colonial Downs. How about that, Mike Carter? You've had a chance to uh, call Colonial Downs a time or two. Oh, yeah, a little bit. And uh, good luck to him. Uh, I tell you, that announcer's booth's one of the toughest announcer's booths in the country. But I know that uh, Jason's going to do a heck of a job. And I tell you what, uh, he's a good buddy of ours. And, he, you know, he's really building his stock back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah, and he's a great announcer. I mean, he's doing a heck of a job at Monmouth. So, congrats to Jason, and uh, hey, we look forward to hearing his voice a lot more. Right now, we look forward to hearing the voice of the co-owner of Caviar Farms. His name is Buck Shafee, and he joins us right now on the Big Show. Buck, welcome in. How are you? I'm well, thank you guys. How you doing? 
Fantastic. Listen, first of all, have to talk just a little bit about Caviar Alley because what a great race. Although it was uh, in defeat, a very narrow defeat, she really laid it out on the line. And uh, her and Charton, I got a feeling, are really going to be locking horns. It's going to be exciting to see that rivalry play out in uh, 2019. Uh, you know, that, that was one of the most exciting races I've ever seen. And unfortunately, we came up on the short end, not by much, but those are the two best mares in the country and just head to head, almost half a mile. That was incredible. And it was so much fun to watch. Uh, again, just, I wish we had a couple more inches. We would have been, been there, but um, uh, Allie did herself proud. And I mean, Charton is a great mare too. So the two are going to be really duking it out. So Judy and I had a, had a great time watching that race. And th- let me just say real quick, uh, I am subbing for Judy today, who's really the head of the company. She's the heart and soul of Caviar Farms, and she makes all the big decisions. I'm just the follower, so <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you having me today. <laughs> well, but Buck, talk to us a little bit about what it's like to have such a great mayor like Caviar Alley, who continues to perform year after year. We talk all the time on this show about horses that mature, you know, horses that don't necessarily advance from two to three and then three to four and so on and so forth. But I'll tell you what, she's kept on digging. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the interesting thing is every year there's been a different mare or filly there as her nemesis, you know, that just is the one that she's, she's fighting against every year. And then so far every year at the end of the year, she's, she's been able to overcome them and then they've sort of retired and she keeps on going. So she's amazing. She just, just keeps on fighting at the very top now for four years. Incredible. Visiting with Buck Shafee. Buck, tell us a little bit about uh, Caviar Farms and maybe a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got started in the business. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, we've been in the business for 35 years. Uh, I'll started one year at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. When Judy and I went there, we didn't own a horse. Um, my, my father owned horses and her grandfather owned horses, Judy's grandfather, but we didn't. We went to the sale and we're sitting there. We ended up buying a yearling. <laughs> we didn't have a trainer or anything. Uh, we ended up with Joe Adamski out in Ohio and raised some fairs and got hooked. And uh, it's been a, a blast ever since. So we've got a farm in Kentucky. Uh, really, really a beautiful area in Kentucky, just out of, outside of Paris and Lexington. And our son manages the farm where we, we have the brood mares and the babies. And, um, you know, we just, uh, we just keep looking to improve that brood mare stock and, and uh, keep growing. And that's where Caviar Alley is destined uh, to retire to. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Now, Buck, what does it take to kind of put on that breeding farm show, so to speak, and kind of keep things going, you know, year after year? What kind of goes into that process for those who don't know how the breeding stock works and things of that sort? Yeah, it's it's a huge challenge. <laughs> There's always something that you're fighting against. Obviously, the, uh, you know, getting the right mares uh, is the first challenge. And uh, what we've always focused on is is buying yearlings that we think uh, fillies that we think could make good broodmares. So we look for bloodlines and trying to improve the broodmare band. Um, and then after that, it's uh, obviously getting them in foal. Every springtime is a challenge and keeping them healthy, uh, making it through the bad weather and, and all of that. Um, trying to maintain, uh, we've got uh, 230 acres to maintain and it's a big challenge just maintaining everything. Uh, and then the foaling, um, is, is really quite tricky, actually. I mean, we've been lucky that we've had, um, uh, you know, good results with our foals. I will tell you that, uh, you know, we've lost a couple of really good ones, unfortunately, in, in foaling. And, um, uh, you know, you have your ups and your downs, but our son Terry does a fantastic job, and Judy does all the breeding selections, and she does a fantastic job. She researches all the time trying to find the right crosses and uh, – and all of that. So uh, we're really proud of the farm. And if you ever take a look at the averages, the horses that we don't own uh, average really well in terms of earnings and that sort of thing. So we're really proud of how well the, the horses of our farm do. 
Visiting with Buck Chafee from Caviart Farms. Uh, speaking of another superstar that's on the racetrack right now is a horse you guys own a part of, and that is Captain Crunch. He was also on this big program uh, this past Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia, and he is starting to make it look a little too easy. I'll tell you what, he's visually impressive on the racetrack, and uh, I'll tell you what, Buck, he's scary good right now. He is incredible. He's a gorgeous colt. I mean, just beautiful. He's calm and collected, and he just never looks like he's trying. He's just gliding along out there, and, um, you know, you don't think the race is going fast. You think the race is going, you know, 55 or so, and you look down, he goes 49 in a piece. So it's, uh, it's amazing how nicely he goes, and, and um, you know, just I, we just have tremendous hopes for him. Uh, Nancy Johansson and Marcus Johansson and the team there have done such a fantastic job keeping him sound and healthy and, and picking his spots. Um, we haven't raced him a lot. We're just trying to get him ready for the big races. And, of course, uh, looking forward now to the North America Cup in a couple of weeks, and hopefully he does well there too. But, uh, no, he's just he is just a super, super horse and Fantastic breeding, Captain Treacherous and Sweet Lou family com- combination is is unreal. And um, I mean, I just I don't know where the the bottom is for this colt. He's just uh, he just hasn't even tried yet. So we'll see. Yeah, and and that's you know you took the words right out of my mouth as you were commenting on that because when I was calling the race, I, I mean I thought for sure the race maybe went in fifty two and fifty three, and I look in forty forty nine to change it. I I couldn't believe it. Is it, you're right? It does not look like he is going all that fast. But then again, that is just how much talent that he really has because he's making it look so easy out there. Oh yeah, and, and Scott Zeron has not even asked him to go yet. He didn't pop the plugs. He never asked him down the stretch. He's just sitting there, and the horse is just cruising along. So, no, it's uh, we are just so happy and uh, such a fantastic horse. And also, just to say, we've got some fantastic partners on the horse with three brothers and Rojan Stables and Christina Tactor, and then uh, uh, Diamond Creek Farms and Adam Bowden have uh, arranged to uh, to manage his stallion career when he's when he's done. So. Got a super team on that side, and uh, you know we're just we're just riding the wave right now. It's fantastic. Yeah, sounds. Uh, I'll tell you what, sounds like there's big things ahead for him. Certainly. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, Buck. Best of luck to you with uh, not only Captain Crunch and Caviar Alley, but all the other horses that you have. And uh, listen, tell Judy we said hello. And uh, I had a chance to meet you guys, by the way, at the Meadowlands uh, about a, a couple weeks ago. Down with Dave Brower. Really great people, and uh, yeah. you know, listen, yeah. and it's it's good, it's fantastic to see good things happen to good people. So, best of luck to you guys in the future, Buck. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. All right, that was Buck Shafee, and uh, I'll tell you what, I somebody else making their post time with Mike and Mike debut. Can, can you believe it? Uh, somebody like uh, you know the owners of Caviar Farms have never been on the post time with Mike and Mike show, and we've been on the air for three and a half years. It's it's kind of cool though that we're still coming up with new guests at this stage of the game. I tell you, it, it's uh, it's more than impressive to think that we still there's still people we haven't reached, and we want to keep reaching those people. That's right, you know, and that's a cool thing. That just goes to show you that even though we're not a very big industry, we are expansive, and there's a lot of different moving parts of the industry. So hats off to uh, to Buck and Judy, and I'll tell you what, Captain Crunch is the real deal, man. <laughs> he is. Oh yeah, he is the real deal. I mean, I, I sure. never realized. I, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I never realized how good he really was until you see him. I mean, right. I shouldn't say was. I shouldn't use that in the past tense, how good he really is or how good he can be <laughs> until you see him. And I'll tell you, Mike, he is just, I mean, He's visually. on fire, man. Oh, the, well, so the, way he, the way he glides on the racetrack, it's almost like he's a ballerina out there, seriously. I just, completely I mean, agree with that statement. He, he is just, he's scary good. And when you run yeah. into a horse like that, you know, it's one thing to run into like the rock and roll handovers and things of that sort. But, you know, when you run into a horse like this, I can't even imagine what that feeling is like. But I will say one thing, though, um, and for, for wagering purposes, you may want to keep an eye on proof because there was something amiss with him on Sunday. I mean, he was kind of uh, he was throwing his head an awful lot and he never really got comfortable. 
Um, you know, and, and the charted line is just going to look like a bad line. It's just going to look like a dull effort. But he never really got comfortable. He was throwing his head all over the place. So maybe from a wagering point of view, that could drive up the price on him coming up down the road. Because like I said, it looks just like on the program. If you just look at the program, it's a oh, dull effort. You know, maybe he's going off form or something. But right. there was something amiss with him. So you might want to. You know, keep an eye on him in terms of wagering because, you know, people, you know, what have you done for me lately? They'll look at that dull effort and they won't bet him next time. Right. You know? I, and that's where you get your value from. Absolutely. So may want to keep an eye on that. We always try to give out little nuggets here on post time with Mike. And Mike <laughs> so, uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, and by the way, real quick, before we get to Blake McIntosh, you know, we got the Camelot Classic coming up tomorrow. But, Mike, you've put together a very nice page that is going to be out pretty soon. Um, and it is going to, uh, it's going to be a collection of good handicappers given their uh, thoughts on the Kamluck uh, classic card day. So that could be found at post time with Mike and Mike, right? Yeah, that can be found at post time with Mike and Mike.com myself. You, uh, as soon as you send it to me, uh, Garnet Barnsdale. <laughs> well, I got to work on <laughs> no, it today. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, Garnet Barnsdale, uh, Ashley Mayu, who just joined our post time with Mike and Mike team. She will have her selections. I'm hoping to have gold sheet, Bob, uh, Jess Gotten, Taylor Johnson, and Wendy Ross will all have selections for the blockbuster card that is the Camelot Classic program tomorrow. Um, it is live currently, but you'll only see one set of selections, and that's mine because that's the only ones I've uh, gotten so far. So uh, once I uh, – it, but it'll be updated a little bit. I got, I got a couple of emails that I'm sitting on, and it'll be updated later this afternoon, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, putting that out there for everybody. And, you know, it'll be cool to see, Mike – from a wagering standpoint, how we all kind of attack this race and kind of go from there. Well, ideal Jimmy's going to create some havoc there, but we'll talk more about that in a moment. Blake McIntosh is going to be joining us. We'll talk a little courtly choice, plus Paul Holzman, Ken Weingartner, all in the on-deck circle. We've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by foiled again. State Treasurer's three-feet. Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience. Plenty of giveaways plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up guaranteed pool high fives and fours. Something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Trail District. Go to camelotclassic.com. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Dr. Mike. 
We're back to this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, let's talk a little bit about Courtly Choice for a minute before we bring Blake in. How good was he on Sunday at Harris, Philadelphia? I thought he raced really well, and I thought it was an excellent drive by the Hall of Famer, Dave Miller. I mean, he, you know, he, he perfectly warmed him up into the cover flow and uh, was able to get on by. And I'll tell you what, that was uh, that was a really an, an unbelievable race. Let's bring in trainer Blake McIntosh. Blake, uh, you had to really like the fact that they were going crazy on the front end. And when you were working up in that cover flow, you, you just you had to like all the fireworks up on the front, my friend. Yeah, we were happy with that, and, you know, we were really happy with the way the, the race worked out. He's been first up most of his career, so having a nice second or third over trip was nice for a change. Now, Blake, talk to us about how he's been training kind of leading up to these big stakes races. Uh, he had a packed, a powerful punch um, following the Confederation Cup last week. Uh, he's really been racing strong, and uh looks like he's going to have a good four-year-old season. Yeah, you know, like other than the cup there, which was a big disappointment for us, he's, you know, raced great the other two times. Um, I think it was just more the weather that uh, caused him to race so bad at Flamborough, but uh, we'll see Saturday night. You know, hopefully everything goes right and he gets the trip we need and we get another win out of him. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that race coming up on uh, Saturday. Now, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a Donnybrook. I mean, you're talking about a, a 12 horse field here. You've got uh, Lather up from the inside. You guys are going to be starting from post number 11, which means there you will be starting from the second tier. And you don't see a lot of second tier starters over at Mohawk. No, it's a shame that they, you know, we've got 12 in there. You know, I think everybody should have be on the gate, but uh, you know, we'll we'll fall Lather out out hopefully and uh and uh get the trip we need you know just hopefully it's not too much of a cluster out there and you know everybody gets a fair chance you know i wish they had at least gone a mile in the eighth or a mile in 16th but with the way the track is configured at mohawk they can't do that so you know we're we're at uh, the mercy of uh, what happens in front of us now now, Blake, kind of talk to us a little bit about what what his season is going to kind of look like. Obviously, uh, he went to the Jug last year and the Breeders' Crown and all that stuff. But what kind of season do you have mapped out for those guys? Uh, well, he'll now um, he'll race on Saturday, obviously, and then we will decide if uh, we're going to go to the Battle of Lake Erie or go to the uh, next graduate at Tioga. Um, I'll see how Dave and I will talk about it after the race, and we'll. Uh, We'll make the choice, and then after that, uh, be the graduate Medlands, and then the final, the graduate, and then the Prix de Tay up in Quebec, and then uh, hopefully down to the, um, the big race here, the Canadian Pacing Derby, and uh, you know, which would be probably the first time we'll face Nick Wicked, and you know, the way Wicked looked the other night, uh, you know, he's looking for another good season from him. Yeah, no question, boy. I can't. I tell you what, I can't wait to see Courtly Choice and Mick Wicked square off. But uh, Blake, we talked about uh, you know when, when we have trainers on the program, we like to talk about the maturation process. Now, all the time, I always thought, and this is obviously coming from a non-horseman, somebody that stuck up at an announcer's booth all my life. <laughs> but uh, I always thought that the that the toughest uh, you know age turn was two to three in terms of the maturation process of a horse. And I've been corrected by a few trainers and say no. I don't know the toughest kind of uh, you know maturation process in terms of uh, you know on the racetrack and just growing up and adapting to things are actually from age three to four. So with that being said, uh, well, first of all, do you agree with that? Second of all, how has Courtly Choice uh, made that turn from three to four? Oh, for most definitely, it's the toughest division that you know when you have to go from three to four. Thank God that they've now got four-year-old races for us because. You know, when you have to go up against Mick Wicked and Sintra and all them, um, you know, it, it's tough. You know, it's tough for a four-year-old because they're still growing and stuff. And those those guys are five and six, and, they, you know, they've got a lot more weather underneath them. Um, now, Courtney came back great. You know, we uh, removed his one testicle, the one that was up inside him. He was originally, um, and he seems a lot sounder on that. He seems to be pacing turns a lot better. Um you know, I'm very happy with the way he came back, and he's, you know, he's thickened, and he looks a lot, you know, he looks good. He's always been a good-looking horse, so, you know, he, he's really matured nice, and he seems really good, so hopefully everything just keeps going right. 
All right. Well, listen, Blake, we certainly appreciate you joining us. One final question before we let you go. Uh, you know, we know that Courtly Choice obviously isn't the only horse that you train. Tell us about maybe some of the other horses we could look out for from your barn. Uh, well, we took uh, 28 two-year-olds into um, Mohawk yesterday to train. Uh, we got a nice group, I think. Uh, we'll qualify probably around 30 next week at Mohawk, uh, 30, 32-year-olds. There's some nice horses, a colt by the name of Team Best, I think is a pretty nice colt, and uh, another one major on the beach, uh, both very nice colts. So we'll see what's going on. And we've got some nice trotters this year, actually, that I'm very happy with. And then we got uh, Sweet Chapter, was uh, third in the uh, – Empire Breeders the other day at uh, Vernon. Uh, she had nine holes, left out hard, and, and uh, you know, got used up a bit, but she raced real good. And then we got one in the um, uh, Sun Beach this week named Fast and First. He's a better slight that's uh, really turning into a nice colt. Now, he didn't race great last week in the goal. He finished fourth, but uh, he tied up a little, and, and uh, so we hopefully we got that figured out. And I think he'll be right there on Saturday night. It's a tough division, but I think that he'll be okay too. So I think we should have a good year. All right, good stuff. Well, Blake, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck come Saturday in that uh, Kentucky Derby-like field over at Mohawk with those 12 horses. And uh, and congratulations on the win here at Harris Philly. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Mike. All right, that was trainer Blake McIntosh, and uh, always get good information from Blake. Love having Blake on the show because uh, you know he'll tell you you know what's what's going on with the horse, and uh, you know he'll he'll uh, you know he'll shoot straight with you. I like Blake. Yeah, he he's very honest, and you know doesn't matter who you are, he's going to be a straight shooter, and that that's perfectly okay with me because I like to know where I stand uh, with people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, no question about it. But uh, yeah, that was. Uh, Really good effort by Courtly Choice here, and uh, you know I'll tell you if Courtly Choice continues to, you know, step forward in his form cycle, it'll be interesting to see, you know, that matchup between him and Mick Wicked. They could create some fireworks here in 2019. Yeah, and you know we saw the buildup between Sintra and Mick Wicked. Now you got Courtly Choice and Mick Wicked. This division, Mike, is turning out to be one of the best ones we've seen in quite some time, and I'm, I, for one, cannot wait to see uh, what they've got uh, on tap. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time to be a racing fan. I mean, how good is the aged mare division? How good is the, you know, aged horse uh, division going to be? Uh, I I don't think McWicked's going to cakewalk through it like he did last year, and, and uh I'll tell you what, it's just a, some very talented horses out there. I mean, no matter what division we're talking about, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, trotters, pacers, it's a good time to be a harness racing fan. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that whole picture with uh, the uh, caretaker of the top ten, and that's uh, Ken Weingartner. <laughs> He's going to be joining us. Plus, uh, Paul Holzman's going to be – Paul is going to come on the show, isn't he? Yeah, he'll be, he's, he'll be uh, he's right. qualifying some horses at Northfield, and uh, he said after the first qualifier, he'd be more than willing to talk to us. So, okay, uh, well, I, I don't, I don't want to scare him, but Amy Holler gave me a list of questions to ask him, so I hope I just didn't scare him <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, we'll have some fun oh, with Paul Holtzman coming up in just a few minutes. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. 
Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hay rides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a foal, a mare, and a stallion. Plus, the day will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harnessors Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at DiamondCreekFarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fast, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I tell you, the top 10 poll is out. And McWicked kicks it off at number 10. You see a array of other horses mixed out throughout the top 10. It's really kind of interesting to see uh, to see where McWicked landed. Yeah, but, you know, he's only got one start this year. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, I, I do think that uh, this is this thing's obviously going to change, uh, you know. And, and even looking at some of the um, the also eligibles, I mean, Rodeo Rock, Highlighter, Guardian Angel Oz, I think uh, that one's stock is going to rise. Caviar Alley's stock is going to rise. I mean, there's a lot of good horses that not only are in the top 10, but are in the also uh, Rands, also eligible, so to speak. And right now we're joined by the caretaker of the top 10, Mr. Ken Weingartner. And uh, Ken, this is, uh, I got a feeling that this thing is going to change a lot throughout the course of this year. Well, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for having me on. And I, I agree with you. I think uh, we're going to see it's, it's always so hard the first few weeks. And um, a lot of people that participate in doing the poll, you know, say that, you know, you, there's so many horses, uh, you know, you, when you go back to the Levy and the matchmaker getting things started and so many horses that have had good starts to the year and how do you kind of sort through it and, find the right spot for them and as you can see i think there was um i want to say 45 or so horses that received at least uh one point in the poll so it's it's a tough situation early on yeah ken what kind of goes into putting this poll on Uh, tell us about how it's voted on and uh, how people uh, get involved or how you guys come up with the voters well it's a 35 member panel um, all uh, within the industry in some capacity. Uh, most of them are members of the U.S. Harness Raiders Association, but not all of them. And uh, it's a good number of people have done it for many years. We try to rotate uh, new people into the into the uh, pool uh, every year. And uh, it's mostly people, you know, who show some type of interest in doing this because it is a commitment. It's, you know, something you have to do every week and pay attention to. And it's not easy. And the the people that are involved in it uh, spend a lot of time thinking about it and, uh, you know, trying to get it right. Visiting with Ken Weingartner. Ken is the USTA Media Relations Manager. Ken, let's talk about some of the horses that got first place votes. Obviously, Chartin was uh, the big leader with 28, but uh, there were some others, including Mick Wicked got a first place vote. Atlanta got one. Uh, Captain Crunch got two. Western Fame got three. I guess my question is, is did it surprise you that Chartin, and taking nothing away from her, I mean, she was darn near horse of the year last year, but it, did it surprise you that she got so many it it did just a little bit uh but not not i was not totally surprised i figured she was going to come out number one 
because she got off to such a, a strong start this year, uh, winning six of seven. You know, she's won the matchmaker. She won the, the Betsy Ross and other stakes already. So she kind of uh, put herself in good position that way. I thought Western fame might draw a little bit more in terms of first-place votes uh, because he has, had gotten off to such a good start and was so dominant in the Levy series. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard, I think, I think people look back and they think to the horses that kind of had good years last year and come out of the gate strong this year, and kind of maybe those horses have a little bit of an advantage. I just went back through and I looked at last year's final poll, and uh, there are this year's first poll, there are five of the top ten were in last year's final poll. So I think there's a little bit of an advantage, like in a McWicked for example, who's only raced the one time and a preferred, but, you know, he was the horse of the year. So, uh, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of that carrying through to this season. Now, Ken, obviously you follow some of the sports top contenders. You write about some of the sports top contenders. Is there anybody that you're kind of most excited about seeing this year, kind of seeing blossom into maybe a two year or excuse me, maybe a three-year-old or a four-year-old or upward? Uh, boy, there are so many stories this year and so many horses, I think, that are really intriguing. And in part, if you want to just look at the four-year-olds that came back this year, I mean, it is such a big, deep group of four-year-olds, particularly on the pacing side. It's almost unprecedented, the number of top four-year-olds that came back. So I think that is really interesting. I think, uh, like, Courtly Choice is kind of one that I'm really intrigued by, and he's gotten off to a strong start. Um, excuse me. Uh, I think among the three-year-olds, I, and I'm not alone in this opinion, I don't think, but Green Shoe, the three-year-old charter from uh, Marcus Melander's barn, is really interesting. I mean, they have been so high on this horse. And last year, he just had some sickness issues and maturity issues. And, uh, uh, again, a horse that only had made the one start. Uh, prior to the poll coming out, but was so impressive in winning at the Meadowlands in uh, 51 and a piece that he is really interesting. And Captain Crunch, I I really liked that horse at the end of last year. He is such a striking horse. I mean, he looks the part, and he's come out of the gate two for two. Looks like he's going to be a major player, as you would expect a Dan Patch Award winner to be in his follow-up season. But it's nice to see those type of horses come back and do the type of things right out of the gate that you uh, expect them to do. And, Ken, we saw uh, a lot of fireworks, especially in the Betsy Ross with uh, Sharthen and Caviar at Alley just uh, putting on a tremendous show. Wanted to get your thoughts on that particular race and, and uh, you know, how this aged mare which I, division, which I think is just extremely deep, uh, is going to pan out. Do you think uh, Sharthen is going to dominate it as she did in 2018? Or do you think there's uh, – you know, maybe a caviar alley or maybe some other mares uh, going to step up a little bit and really give her some heck this year. Boy, that is, that's a tough one to answer. I think uh, I, caviar alley really has impressed me this year. And I know, um, you know, she was a very good horse last year. And uh, if, if not having to run into Sharton so many times, you know, she might have been the division champ last year because I think I forget off the top of my head how many times she finished second to her, but I want to say it was at least three, maybe four. And uh, so I think having that extra year now of maturity, you see this happen a lot with these horses. I think that she is really looking toward a strong campaign, but Sharton just seems to be so strong and just so gutsy and so dominant at times that I don't know if uh, people are going to be able to to overtake her. Um, but it certainly is a deep group of, of mares. And, you know, last year at this time we were talking about Hannah or Hanover. Is right. anybody going to be able to challenge her? And we were talking about her, you know, sitting atop the pole for you know, the entire season, and uh, that turned out very much differently. So you just don't know with these horses if they stay healthy, um, if some of these horses come back. Uh, you know, The four-year-olds that came back are a very good group, uh, but it's, uh, it's also asking a lot of them to challenge on a 
weekly basis uh, against this level of competition. So uh, I'm going to say I would side with Sharton right now. Yeah, you know, that's the comment that I put in the Harris Philly program. You know, you look at the talent of the mayors and, uh, you know, you're always from a wagering point of view tempted to uh, to bet against Sharthan and you want to bet against Sharthan. But the truth is she rarely loses. And that is just the truth. And, and for her to be able to be as dominant as she is against this uh, talented group and deep group is, is just unbelievable. So anyway, Kenny, listen, we're going to run, but we certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll certainly keep an eye on this top 10 poll as I got a feeling it is going to be very interesting as the weeks and months unfold. I agree with you. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all turns out myself. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Thanks, Ken. Okay. Take care. All right. That was Ken Weingartner. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about an MVP in the, in the, in the sport of harness racing. I mean, Ken is certainly one of those people. I mean, just absolutely love reading his stories, love reading his work. And, and uh, as you well know, Mike, it is a very gargantuan task, not only to keep track and to kind of caretake that the top 10, but to even follow up at it and participate in it. It's, it's uh, it can be tough. Yeah, for sure. And I can't even imagine what it's like uh, for him putting it together. And uh, congratulations, Glata Ken. I meant to mention it to him while he was on the show, uh, being on the ballot for the Communicators Hall of Fame uh, this year. Uh, super big quality for Ken Weingartner. And uh, I tell you, he, he's just a special guy who he, he finds the stories in harness racing and he tells everybody about him. And I, I, if you've never read any of his stories, you really should go check them out there. There's really something to look at. Absolutely. Well, our show's not over with yet. We've got trainer Paul Holzman as we're going to talk some Southwind Amazon and what is sure to be a wild Cabla Classic. And we'll be broadcasting live from Western Fair coming up tomorrow night at 8.30. So we'll talk to Paul about Southwind Amazon and much, much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by Foiled Again, State Treasurer's Three Feet, Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience, plenty of giveaways, plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, big fours, something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Fair District. Go to camelotclassic.com. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, Mike Bozich joining you. We're joined now by a trainer, Paul Holtzman. And, Paul, I got to tell you, Southwind Amazon is a horse I have fancied uh, for the last couple of years. But he, he holds a special place in my heart. I actually have a winner circle photo of him uh, from when I got to call uh, one of his 149 uh, scores. It was my first ever uh, 149 miles. So Southwind Amazon always hold a special spot in, uh, in, in my heart. But uh, I'll tell you what, what an amazing animal you have in Southwind Amazon. Uh, I surely appreciate that. And I say it's just people just don't know. He's just been quite a war horse. This is now going on three years practically since I purchased him and really without any kind of a 
long break. It's just been an amazing ride. Yeah, I mean, here's a horse, uh, Paul Mike Bozichir, a horse that raced 38 times last year, 22 wins, made $231,000 in the horse business. Uh, we like to refer to that as uh, winning races the hard way because there was, you know, no stakes races involved. It was pretty much the Opens and the Preferreds. And, uh, you know, Dave Pallone, where he's in the Camelot Classic, starting from post position number four. Dave Pallone is coming in to drive. And, Paul, this had to be uh, something. How did that come about to get to Dave to come over to drive Southwood Amazon. Well, uh, you know, I of course I obviously asked uh, Ronnie Wren, who who's been his regular pilot now for pretty much ever. I had asked him uh, if he would come over and drive. I told him we had the race there, and he told me he would, you know, think about it and get back to me. And then through course of time, you know, I didn't know if Ronnie had some uh, prior engagements because he's kind of all over in the summer. And it just came to the point where I actually had to secure myself. You know, I thought a reputable, good driver for a kind of a good horse. And, you know, and just Dave had drove him for me once or twice when I raced him over at the Meadows, had one with him, did, you know, he knows him pretty well. And to my surprise, I just merely made a text and a phone call to Dave telling him the situation that I had the race there and just kindly, you know, and I never thought this would ever happen. I just said, hey, can you come over and drive my horse in the Camelot Classic? And without one second taking place, he said, absolutely. So just let me check my schedule. Things worked out. He got back to me. He confirmed. And that's how that came about. Now, Paul, talk to us a little bit about what it's like going into a race like this. And Southwind Amazon obviously has the speed. And he's been very versatile over his last couple of starts. But now coming in against the likes of Sintra and Dunwell and some of the big name horses, what's it like for you entering into a race like this? Well, I obviously know what he's up against. You know, I know the competition's going to be quite a bit stiffer with a whole field of horses that are as good or probably better than him. He does seem, and I have raced him out east when I was stabled out at Poconos in Pennsylvania. I did race between Poconos and Chester, and he has raced against the likes of, you know, very, very nice age pacers and was very competitive. He does seem at that level to step his game up. It always seems like I've raced him here at Northfield Park a couple of times on Battle of Lake Erie night, not being in it, but with the large crowds, it seems to charge him up a little bit. He gets like a little electric from it. So he is known in situations to step his game up, and he, he's very tough, so it'll be interesting. Visiting with trainer Paul Holzman. Paul, looking at this race on paper, obviously there looks to be a ton of speed. And, and Brent Holland already come out and said that he's taken no prisoners with ideal Jimmy from the pylons. And you have done well, of course, he's loaded with speed starting right by him. And, and of course, Cintra and some other horses maybe from the outside that are going to have to get involved early. What would, and, and, you know, I hate to ask you guys to kind of tip your hand, but how would you like, like this race to fold out for Southwind Amazon on your head? Well, I obviously know I can read the program. I know those three inside of them are very fast, quick, quick-footed off the gate, along with mine. And one, one advantage to me, and I don't know how much of it will be, is the staggered starting gate. Sometimes the one and the two on a staggered starting gate, especially on a half-mile track, I don't know how quick they can foot up on out of there. But like I said, I'll leave it up to Dave what he thinks. You know, I'm sure when it unfolds in the first turn, he'll make a good decision. He's been doing it forever. He's very sharp. So it'll be like, you know, up to Dave when the gate folds, he'll do what he wants. And you said that one thing about mine is he's almost in a tougher competition race. He's almost better race off a helmet or out of a hole. He seems to almost race better that way. Just, you know, we'll just let Dave make the call. But I, I, I know it's going to be a very big tussle into the first turn. And the only thing that helps my horse, he is ever so handy. And if he wants to pour him into the first turn, I've been to London. I know it could be a little different than most half-mile tracks. He'll have no trouble skating around that first turn. That's his one asset. I call him a half-mile specialist. Now, he's very athletic and very good gated. And, you know, and here's an interesting thing at Western Fair, and this kind of surprises me a little bit over this London Oval. If you take a look at the win percentage for the post positions, I thought the one would be a runaway there, but that's not the case. Actually, the three uh, is winning at 20%. The one's at 17.8, and the four, which you have, is uh, third at 16%. So there's not really too much of uh, a disparity there between numbers one and number four, and, and that kind of surprises me a little bit. Yeah, and I'm sure, again, that, that goes back to the staggered starting gate. And I've been on some gates that are staggered that are a little worse than others, and I know and you hear people complain about trying to get out from the rail and the two-hole all the time. It's a little trickier. 
not saying they won't be able to, but that does just add a little bit into it that when they plow into that first turn, who's got the best foot up on out of there. So it, it makes it very interesting. Now, Paul, one last question for you before we let you go. What has it been like to kind of have this racehorse in your barn? You know, I, I know a lot of guys and owners and trainers, they, they dream for horses like Southwind Amazon who are week in, week out, as gutsy as they come. What's it been like to kind of have him around and kind of see him grow and blossom into the horse he is today? Well, I'll tell you, when I did purchase him three years ago and didn't give a whole lot of money for him, that I was buying him in my head just as a, a maybe a nice racehorse, a conditioned pacer to race around the B tracks, mainly where I was racing at from Pompano. And then I did go to Poconos. But he's just merely kind of blossomed into a, I'm not going to say a top-notch horse, but he's blossomed into a hard-hitting, consistent, very nice horse, you know, start after start, week after week, and it's now gone year after year. And I say that if every horse was like this, especially my barn, I would be able to sleep at night. He's been an absolute pleasure. Paul, before we let you go, we got a couple questions from uh, Amy Holler, and I'll leave it up to you if you want to answer. <laughs> and it, Fire it away, PG, Amy. I'm ready is, for you. And Paul, it's PG, by the way. It's PG because, you hey, know, this is a family show. You better show. have your finger on the buzzer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Uh, it, it, please try to cl- keep it as clean as possible. She says the Northfield Park driver's room is notorious for jokes, pranks, and shenanigans. But how serious are you when you claim you can beat any driver in a sprint race? Well, I never claimed I could beat any driver. I do claim that I would surprise a lot of people. Now, again, I'm going to be 57 years old. I, I, I'm fat and old now. But in my day, I used to get up and go pretty good. And it's just kind of an ongoing joke that we tease each other in there. And, and I have told Greg Grismore that I will beat him in a race. Because well, I said well, he's I, about 50 pounds overweight and looks to me very slow, and I would very much <laughs> surprise somebody. I'm very, I'm, I was very athletic in my day. <laughs> there goes ever getting Greg Grismore on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, <laughs> and that's, it, it, again, it, that, that's just ongoing joke between us. You know, seriousness aside, it's an ongoing joke. And we do like to kind of tease each other in the driver's room. It's kind of almost a fun night sitting in there. It, you know, it's, it makes time go faster. We had Kurt Sugg on the show one time about a year ago, and we asked him about the Northfield Park driver's room, and he compared it to a kindergarten classroom. Uh, <laughs> you have to have th- very thick skin if you're certain people, put it that way. And one, hey, more hey, question that she, one more question that she's got. How many touchdowns did you score in a Pompano Park horseman's game in one day? If you ask everybody in the driver's room, they'll tell you I said eight, but that's not the case. It was probably three or four. And it was it was a bunch of me, like older guys, and versus against a, young, a lot of younger guys, and they could not cover me. I surprised them, too. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're going to let you get out of here, Paul. We certainly appreciate you joining us on a series. No, best of luck to you coming up on uh, Friday, which is tomorrow night, post time. Uh, well, I guess that race will probably go off around 11, so it'll be a late night, but we'll be on the air at 8.30. Paul, best of luck to you, my friend. Appreciate that, Mike. Thanks for having me, guys. What a fun guy he is. What a fun guy Paul is. You know, thank God Paul's a fun guy because, you know, something, you know, you just never know, you know, people like to be serious and stuff and people like to kid around. We love to joke around on this program and we know Amy and she loves to joke around too. But that that's, uh, yeah, I remember interviewing Kurt about a year ago and he said it's uh, Northfield Park driver's room is comparable to like a romper room or a kindergarten classroom or something along those lines. But you've been in Northfield. You, you know all about that. You, they, they oh, have yeah. fun over there. They have fun. Yeah, we, we, we like to have some fun when I was there, you know. <laughs> Don't ask. Uh, just don't ask Amy Holler about the night that I said that they could that they, we could get the first race in and a tornado hit or straight line wins or whatever you could whatever you <laughs> want to say. Just don't ask her about that, okay? Oh boy, we had tornadoes touching down all over the place around here yesterday. I'm surprised you didn't blow away. No, I well, you know, listen, we were cooking out. We had to, we were cooking up right in a tornado. That's beautiful. All right, listen, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, don't forget, join us tomorrow at eight thirty. That's Mike. I'll tell you what, it's it's so exciting for us to get the remote season started, and uh, it's kind of been a tradition, like you mentioned, uh, to get this thing started with the Camla Classic. We'll be on the air at eight thirty tomorrow. And Mike, it's kind of more of a tradition, you know, because I have to sit here and man the 
the uh, the studios while you guys have all the fun. But listen, you guys do have a lot of fun. You're going to be uh, joining Sugar for the pregame show, and uh, oh yeah, are you going to call? Are you going to call a race or no? I'm going to get to call a race. Uh, me, myself, and Rod Allums Jr. will be uh, will be on the pregame show. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, good deal. So uh, make sure you check that out on the pregame show. It's going to be a fun, fun night. And if you're in the area of of London, make sure you visit it because, uh, I mean, they're going all out, Mike. I mean, they put more into it each and every year, and they've got the infield set up with the tents, and it's just, uh, you know, it's a great time. So make sure if you're in that area, check it out. we got one final break to take, and when we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USDA. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. All right, special thanks to all our guests for uh, coming on to the program today. Don't forget, tomorrow night, it's the Cam Luck Classic, the 2019 Cam Luck Classic at the Raceway at Western Fair District. You can visit us live online at www.posttimewithmikeandmike.com beginning at 8.30. Good night, everybody. Can't stay here I know